Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Hey, everybody happy today? Look around, and if you see anybody frown them, just frown and just lay hands on them suddenly or something. Just, just go, come out in the name of the Lord or something. My mama used to say, you ought to feel better when you leave church than when you came. Sometimes mamas say good things. Have you ever been to those churches where you feel worse when you left? I hope that's not the case today. I hope you, you feel better when you leave, that you, can, you will walk away with some word of God in your heart and encouragement in your life that will bring you to a place of greater levels of victory in your life. And that's why we're here today, to bring an encouragement to you. Turn in your Bible to Psalms 3. Psalms 3. My message today is not a very good title, but it fits. Everyone read it out loud. When? See, you sounded like that title sounds. That was bad. All right. Try it again. Everybody together. Come on, help me out now. Read it together. When? See, it just feels bad, doesn't it? So I may need to change the title, but that's what was going on in David's life in Psalms 3. Things were moving from bad to worse. Now, I don't want you to, I don't want you to stir up old hard times, but uh, who here today has ever had a really bad time in life? And if somebody next to you didn't raise their hand, you just look at them and say, you lie. We've all, had, we've all had bad times. We've all went. And then, and, and then you learn that if you're going through a bad time, you know that you, you call out to Jesus and <clears throat> he helps you. And you, 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 you maybe go on the altar and pray. And the next morning you wake up and it just got worse. Have you ever been there? I've been there. When things move from bad to worse. What do you do? Because that doesn't sound very spiritual, but I'm telling you, it happens. You read through Scripture, you'll find people like David in Psalm 3. You'll read and you'll go, my goodness, how did they handle that stuff? I'll tell you how they handled it. You're in the right place at the right time this morning. Tell somebody, you're in the right place at the right time this morning. You really are. And I believe today, listen, I believe today that many of you will walk out of here a different person. I really do. Because in this room today, this is not prophetic, this is just the odds. There's some folks in here, things are getting worse instead of better. So you are in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Psalm 3, here we go. Let's watch David. Let's listen to David. Uh, That's what was happening in his life. He says, Lord, how they are increased who trouble me. And many are they who rise up against me, and many are they that say of me, there's no help for him in God. Have you ever heard somebody say that? That's pretty bad, isn't it? When people, maybe friends and family go, ooh, that's so bad. I don't know if there's any help for you in God. I pastorally, you know, I'm not a very good counselor, my wife can tell you. You know, in fact, this is not good counseling advice uh, because I'm kind of black and white. My counseling advice is, well, just admit it, quit it. And forget it. That's very insincere. But 
I'm not a very good counselor, but hey, listen, if things are going from bad to worse in your life, uh, you're in the right place at the right time. And, and guess what? Uh, I, in my counseling experience, I've listened to these stories and I go, ooh, that was bad. That is bad. And pastorally, you can't tell them that. You have to go, bless your heart, the Lord will heal you and help you. And they walk out and you go, ooh, you didn't know pastors did this, did you? I don't know if there's any help for him and God. Well, that's what was going on in David's life. He said there, there are people saying there's no help for you in God. But look how he shifts gears. I'm telling you, understand something about the world we live in, the trouble you go through. You can shift gears. Tell somebody, you can shift gears if you want. Some people like hanging out in the basement digging holes. Not me. How many of you want to, you know, somebody said, man, you ever been through hell on earth? You just, this is hell on earth. My little counseling for you, I'm a bad counselor. Don't stop. Keep on going. Somebody say, keep on going. And you see, that's what David does here. When ten thousands of people are against him. Now, what was going on? His very own son Absalom had conspired against him and committed treason against his own father and had rallied the troops against him. And 12,000 of David's very own soldiers had turned uh, 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 their, their allegiance to Absalom and they were on the war path for Absalom, uh, pardon me, for David. You can read it, I think it's in 2 Samuel 15. And so, Absolutely, their people had come against him and the trouble had increased in his life. But somehow, some way, he did not let trouble trouble him. Here's the takeaway. Push the pause on David for a second. Here's to take, read this out loud. It's school time. Here we go. Let's read it out loud a little better than the last one because the last one was kind of bad. Here we go. Everybody read this. Today's takeaway. Trouble is not optional. Being troubled is. Now, if you're a good charismatic, and I don't know if that's a really a term, uh, but you, we used to believe uh, as a charismatic you didn't go through trouble. And if you did, there was some reason that you should have you sinned. Anybody ever came from that old camp? You, you know, people going through trouble, and you think, what did they do wrong? And, we, and when we just don't want to admit it, David admitted where he was at in life, right? But then he shifted gears. Some people just keep talking about how bad it is. I have my former pastor, Pastor Howard answer. He's in heaven now, back at Beverly Hills Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he was a good charismatic. We had a, we, there was a mega church in Dallas before there were mega churches. It was a spiritual move of God. And, and man, he's he, uh, he just a great guy. But he came to church one Sunday, and he was coughing. He was sick. But he would he was saying, in fact, all he would say, I'm healed in the name of the Lord. And we had a guest singer that day, uh, uh, that day uh, a, a gospel singer, Francine Morrison. And she, she got up to sing after Brother Howard had coughed and sputtered and confessed that he wasn't sick. And she said, Brother Howard, would you quit lying to the Lord and tell him you're really sick so he can really heal you? You see, as a charismatic, some of us think, no, I'm not going to go through trouble. But listen, David went through trouble, and it got worse. He went from to 
worse. And I hope that's not the case with you. But I believe from the history of my own life and from reading Scripture that at some point in all of our lives, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you this morning. Sometime in all of our lives, things will get worse before they get better. But let's shift gears. with that. Everybody say, trouble's not optional. Being troubled is. Now, Jesus taught us this. Did you know he taught us this? Now, I don't want to be light of your trouble because I'm telling you, I've been in some trouble. I've had some trauma, traumatic times. And there is pain. There is sorrow. I don't want to demean that. But from a biblical standpoint, how many of you know when 12,000 of people who used to be in your command are coming to kill you, that's a bad day? It's a bad day. David was having a bad day. Some of us break, uh, no, not me. Some of you ladies, I broke a nail. Somebody pray for me. I had a flat. I rebuke you, devil. That's just the way some of us are. But, hey, trouble's not optional. Being troubled is. Jesus in Matthew 24, he talked about the end times. You remember the end times? Oh, it's going to be bad. Man, they used to scare us so bad in church. They would talk about wars and rumors of wars and, and, and you know, and, and have you, it's just scary. It's like lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. The end times are coming. Anybody remember Y2K? It's kind of like the end times were coming. I'll never forget. I just didn't buy into it. If you bought into it, the Lord will help you. But I, I didn't buy into it. Beverly and I, Y2K, I don't know where I'm going now. I'll get back there. If I chase a rabbit, I usually catch it and bring it back home. So hang on. Y2K, um, uh, after, the, after the, the clock struck, 1201, I went over to the faucet, turned on the water, and said, look at there, baby. The world continues. It's not as bad as we thought. But the end times, oh, it's terrible. Trouble is upon us. What are we going to do? Jesus said this in Matthew 24. He said, all that's going to take place, you just see to it that you're not troubled. What did you, that's what he said. In the middle of trouble, don't let trouble trouble you. Everybody say, in the middle of trouble, don't let trouble trouble you. And so, hey, if you don't get anything, get this right now. Write this down, Google it, take a picture of it. You can't Google it. Yeah, you might can Google it. Take a picture of it, and just when, when, when you're going through, just it's not optional. In fact, how many of you know, how many of you love the promises of God? Oh, I love the promises of God. He's, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Thank you, Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Oh, I love the promise. How many of you, and, and there's some gray heads here. I'm a gray head. There's some gray heads. How many of you used to have the little bread of life pick a promise on your table? Come on, just be honest, raise your hand. You'd get up in the morning, this is the totality of your discipleship program. We're going to pick a promise. And you go, oh, the promises of God. You love the promises of God? I love the promises. I used to, I, in desperation, I'd want a word from God sometime, and I'd just open my Bible, and I'd go, some of you probably did this, oh, Jesus, speak to me. And you just kind of like a pick a promise. You'd, and then you go, like the Lord works that way. I did it one time, and I think, geez, I'm desperate. It said, and he went out and hanged himself. I, I didn't want, <laughs> maybe we need to 
change our discipleship methods, but the promises of God. Let me give you a promise about, say this word here, whether you like it or not, trouble. Jesus said this in John 16, He said, in the world you will have tribulation. Let's all claim that right now in Jesus' name. Let's claim the promise. But here's the other side of the promise. He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have the Greek as pressure. You're going to have circumstances. And this is what happens in the world. Did you realize this? In the world, we have trouble. At the very best, it's salt and peppered with good times and bad times. And sometimes it just gets worse. And Jesus said, don't be surprised. In the world, you're going to have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. But here's the other side of the coin. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That'd be a great place to say amen. In fact, I'm feeling a little more frisky today because I don't have the big clock working against me as much. That early service, you gotta, you got to blow in, blow up, and blow out. <laughs> oh, gosh, I only have 19 minutes left. I better hurry. So, hey, be of good cheer. Everybody just smile and nod. Just, uh, you see, if you want to hurry this up, how many of you know, I'm a little insecure. You can tell. I'm a little insecure. So if you like anything, you say amen or something. Say amen, amen. amen. And if, you don't, if you're not an amen, or just smile and nod. If you don't do either one of those, I think you didn't understand me. And so I just keep repeating myself over and over and over again. How many of you want to move this along? All right, some of you did. Okay, here we go. Trouble, I say trouble's not optional. Being troubled is. you got to remember that. So let's learn, from, let's learn from David here. He shifted gears after the first two verses, and he gave us some insight about what we do when things are getting worse instead of better. What do we do? We call the preacher for goodness sakes. Call the prophet maybe. Somebody to come help me turn this thing around. Sometimes nobody else is there. I thank God for friends and family. I thank God for the, uh, the prayers of the saints, but sometimes it's as though no one is there. So what are you and I going to do when things move from bad to worse? The first thing, let's follow. Let's do what David did. Verse 3, he said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Everyone say, he's our shield. That word means he's our defender. He's the defender. See, David understood some things about God, that even though things were moving from bad to worse, he knew that his father, God, was his defender. And understand something. I am the father of three grown kids. They, my two daughters, Nathan's in the middle, and, and our two daughters have given us six great, grand, not great, they're great grandkids. I'm not a great, they're not. I'm confusing y'all. They're grandkids that are great. There you go. And, and, and I love my kids. But I'm telling you, when they were growing up, uh, man, you could talk bad about me. You could cuss me, uh, spit, whatever you want to do. And I'd, I would hold back. But if you go messing with them kids, me and you're going to have a talk. I wish I had time to tell you about how the preacher nearly got in a fist fight at the Pizza Hut. You want me to tell you? Oh, it's okay. I can do it quick. Time, time is ticking. But, uh, 
I took all three of my kids to the Pizza Hut, and they gave them balloons for some strange reason. There was nobody in the Pizza Hut. And I sat down there, and we were playing with the balloons, and we're waiting on our pizza. And this guy comes, sits right behind us. The whole place was empty. He chose to sit right behind us. And I happened to be teaching my kids how to squeal the balloon. It's the most irritating sound on planet Earth. And then you put three of them there going, it's terrible. And finally, this guy had enough. And he let off uh, something that was foul. I cannot quote the man. But he said, would you tell them to quit that? That's irritating the blue out of me. And the fatherhood hit me. And I said, and I started writing. Don't you be cussing from my kid, boy. And, I, and nobody's in there. And I realized, I, if my wife had been there, ooh, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> my own kids were going, Daddy, calm down. Daddy, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. We won't squeal. <laughs> but the father, David knew this about God. But you, oh, Lord, are a shield for me. Hey, ask Job if there's not a hedge of protection. There is a shield. In fact, the Scripture teaches, uh, in fact, Psalm 5, I think it says this, with favor. This is what daddies do. This is what fathers do with their kids. With favor, I'll surround you like a shield. In the middle of your darkness, in the middle when things are moving from bad to worse, listen, there's a point when daddy has had all he can stand like, Papa, I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more. I'm stepping up and I'm going to take care. I'm going to defend my children. He'll do that for you. In fact, Psalms 102, I think it's Psalm 102. Let's see. There I go. I'm not. Psalms 102 says this. There's a time when God has a set time. Everybody say set time. When he favors us. And, and we need to understand that. When things are moving from bad to worse, everyone say this. Lift up your shield. Say it. Lift up your shield. He's our defender. Are you with me? Say Amen. So when things move from bad to worse, understand. And I love what he said, but you, O Lord. How many of you know he's the Lord of your trouble? Your trouble is not Lord. Tell somebody that we talk to each other where I come from church. It's okay. Some of you, oh, God, she's making me talk to my neighbors. (laughs) I might make you turn around and look at somebody you don't even know. (laughs) Hey, I'm old-timey. When I was old-timey, you hugged strangers. I'm old-timey. How many old-timey people here? I'm old-timey. Don't let, don't let these skinny jeans fool you. I'm old-timey. They tell you now, don't make people in church touch each other and hug, for goodness sake. I might make you turn around. Turn, I forgot what I was going to get you to say. Turn around. Turn, turn around and say, trouble is not your Lord. Tell somebody, trouble is not your Lord. Jesus is Lord, for goodness sake. He's the Lord of the good times and the bad times. And speed me along here and say amen. He's the good times and the bad times. He's the Lord of your trouble. He's your shield and your defender. Everybody say, lift up your shield. Number two, David did this in the same verse. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. So number two, when things are moving from bad to worse, not only lift up your shield, but lift up your head. Most people, not you, I know not you, but most people, when they go through really bad times, 
they get the tuck head. You ever met anybody? Some people are professionals at this. They just, they just gluttons for it. They just, they get tuck head. They come into church. Some of you may, I know you probably didn't. Some, you might have seen somebody come into church with the tuck head. Well, how you doing, brother? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> Under the circumstances. And, you know, I've been around a while, and I've heard that a lot. And, and as a pastor, you know, as you get older, you lose your filter. <laughs> I think I'm getting close. Sometimes in my head, I want to say, I, uh, the spirit of slap wants to come on me. I just... Pretty good under the circumstances. They look like, this is what we say in text, they look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> you ever met any of those people? Oh, you just love to hang around them. And if, if you're one, no wonder nobody takes you to lunch. Come on now. You're depressing. Everybody say, lift up your head. Man, it, it feels better, by the way. Now, I'm going to admit my age here. Some, I've met a lot of Tom Dooley Christians. Any of you old folk? No, I'm old folk. It's okay. I'm not being critical. Any of you old folk ever heard of Tom Dooley? Jason has heard of Tom Dooley? Jason. Jason and Anna. Joshua Nason's. Give it up for Jason and Anna Holland. Joshua Nason's right there. Tom Dooley. <laughs> it's a song. You can tell where Nathan gets his extreme musical giftedness. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. I hope Jason's not watching. <laughs> Hang down your head and cry. You keep laughing, I'll sing the whole song. <laughs> Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker line. Poor boy, you're bound to die. Man, churches fill with those Tom Dooley Christians. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Some of you said, thank goodness he's getting. Jesus Matthew, and other places, when he talked about the end times, and, it, and it's pretty spooky. When I was growing up, that's the title of my next book, because every time I turned around, when I was growing up, man, when I was growing up, they would scare you about the end times. I remember people telling me, if you get married, don't have kids. Have you seen those movies, A Thief in the Night? They scare me. Remember that, man? They'd scare us. I thank God I didn't listen to that. But the end times, there's, there's wars and rumors of wars. We're in the end times. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Let me just say, in the end times, we're not supposed to be fraidy cats. Are you with me? Jesus said this. In the, in the middle of the, the, the struggling times, when, when, when the end is coming, he said, all you people that are in the middle, all you believers in the middle of all this trouble, he said this, lift up your head. 
That worked pretty good. I'll try again. Lift up your head because your redemption draweth nigh. Somebody say amen. So Jesus taught us in the middle of our trouble, in the middle of the world's darkest hour, we as God's people should not have the tuck head. Let's see law that a minute because some of you walked in here pretty Tom Doolish. Everybody say lift up your shield. Everybody say lift up your head. Whoo. Man, number three, when things are moving from bad to worse, lift up your voice. You ever met any of those people who, who they, they, they believe you ought to be, they, they think silence is golden? And then you say, could you pray for the food? Like Joel Osteen said, your want to hadn't got big enough yet. Well, look what David said this. He said, but I cried unto the Lord. He lifted up his voice. He cried unto the Lord. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. And that word cried is in, in, the, in the Hebrew means to accost someone verbally. That's funny to me. Have you ever been accosted verbally? Has your wife ever accosted you? No, don't answer. You've been accosted verbally have you ever accosted someone verbally come on lift your hand up we all have David said when things are moving from bad to worse I'm going to get serious about my prayer life If necessary, I'm going to cry out to the Lord. Remember the two blind men on the side of the road? I I, I just try to picture this. I'm not confessing it. I'm just trying to picture it, being blind. Right now, if I just, what do I do? Don't go forward, for goodness sakes. Be careful. These guys heard Jesus was coming to town. And they got together and they said, let us call upon the Lord. Dear Lord, heareth we areth. Weeth beeth blindeth. Nope, and they realized this might be their only shot. Here he comes. Here comes Jesus. Here he comes. And they, Jesus is coming. And it says they cried unto the Lord. Some of you have never done that. Your want to hadn't got big enough yet. But I'm telling you, here's what David said. I cried unto the Lord. Listen to me. I'm telling you something today. This will help you if you'll listen. He said, I cried unto the Lord. And what happened? He heard me. I said he heard me. It's hard to, hey, he, he will hear you if you will cry. He said, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me all the way from his holy hill, wherever that is, heaven or Jerusalem or wherever. He heard my cry. Whew, I'm liking that. We could go to lunch right now, and I'd be happy. He could cry, I cried unto the Lord with his voice. We live in a kind of a 
instantaneous kind of mindset world, don't we? Is there any Amazon Prime addicts in the house today? I know why the Lord hadn't made me a multimillionaire. I would stay by my computer and just order stuff because it just shows up. Like the next day. And I go, how did they do that? I mean, when you punch order, I mean, satellites, things are happening, and some dude pulls what I ordered off a shelf and mails it to me overnight. I'm going, oh, it's the man. Hey, that's not always the way it is in your prayer life. But I want to comfort you today because sometimes when you think nothing's going on, something's going on. Hey, give your neighbor one of these and just give him like this. Just tell him, be, it's okay, something's really going on. Tell him, something, when, when you think nothing's going on, something's going on. And let me throw this one at you. You can take this home. Sometimes, believe it or not, church, uh, there's a span of time between amen and there it is. Are you with me? David said this in Psalm 40. I think it's Psalm 40. For Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. He said, I cried unto the Lord, but he said, what I did, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined me, and he heard my cry. Are you with me? Say amen. You got to lift up your voice, though, and then you got to trust that he hears you. If he says he hears you, what did he say in Jeremiah 33 3? God's phone number. Everybody, we want God's phone number. Put this in your phone. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Now, I love this verse right here. That great and mighty things which you know not, it has a plethora of insight. Anybody know what a plethora is? A plethora of insight. And one of them is this, that if you could picture fruit as answered prayer on a tree, and you pick all the low fruit, and you go, that was easy, but then there's that fruit up there, you just can't reach it. Here, here's what the calling to me, and I will answer you, and I will bring things that were previously completely out of your reach that you could not attain to, that you could not get a hold of. I will bring it to you, and I will provide it for you. I'll take things that were absolutely impossible for you to get a hold of, and I will bring them to you, and I will uncover things in your life that you didn't know, things that you you didn't, couldn't see, things that you didn't understand. It's called revelation. When you call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not, but you got to lift up your voice. Whew. They said you got to drink a lot of water when you come here. I feel I'm getting dehydrated already. When things move from bad to worse, lift up your shield, lift up your head, lift up your voice. I'll tell this quick. Back years ago, I was in Africa with five other, four of the guys in a Jeep. We were having the Econo Preachers Tour of the Masamara. We didn't have a guide. We were excited. I had never seen a giraffe. I had never seen elephants like I'm just 
I'm like Gomer Powell, Shazam. I, I just, we were excited. I was, I'm hanging out the Jeep with some camera about this big, you know, back and just, and just catching it on. And we were on our way back. It's about dark. And, and hyenas ran across the road. I had never seen a hyena. I thought they were a big, ugly dog. I, and I told my friend who was driving, I said, follow them. You shouldn't always do everything the preacher tells you to do. He followed us off of the road and ran us off into a mud hole. Well, I ran us off into a mud hole. And the hyenas were there. And we get out as the sun's going down, trying to push our Jeep out of this. The back tire was out of... And the hyenas were out there going... (laughs) And I don't speak hyena, but I could tell what they were saying. We're having chubby preacher for supper tonight. <laughs> and so I thought, desperate times require desperate solutions. I pulled out my fake Maasai Mara spear that I got at the trinket shop. And I ran towards the hyenas a little bit and went, Hu-da-da! and they just went. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I know what they're saying now. Oh, we're having stupid fat chubby preacher. For supper tonight. And finally the sun went down and the hyenas got in closer. This is a true story. They got in closer and we're all, we still had our luggage and we're all, we rolled the windows down about this much and you could see about a thousand yards away where we were supposed to be. Some stupid preacher wanted to see a hyena and we, when the lights, we'd, all five of us would go, We were crying. We were accosting someone verbally. And one of the guys, I, I, I got to be honest, one of the guys, how many of you know when you're on a trip, Jason, there's always one? There's one who just, he feels like his whole goal is to irritate everybody else for the rest of the trip. And so there's one. And so he was there, and, uh, and, and he, he had gotten officially under my skin a little bit now where the hyenas are all around us and one of the other guys says well it's not far up there I think we could run for it and he said we can't run outrun those hyenas and I said we don't have to outrun them we just got to outrun you And finally, help come, and let me tell you something, all of us were in trouble. We got back. But we survived, as you can tell, I'm here today. Everybody say, lift up your voice. And finally today, as the clock ticks down, when things are moving from bad to worse, you got to lift up your faith. You, you really do. All of us have a measure of faith. And there's times we got to use it, for goodness sake. Use it or lose it, maybe. And that's what David did. You know what he did? You know what he did? When, when 12,000 of his soldiers were coming against him, he took a nap. I'm digging the guy. I like it. He took a nap. Why could he take a nap? Because there were some things he knew about God. He was asleep 
He had faith. He lifted up his faith in the middle of his circumstances. And he knew some things about, you know, faith comes from who you know and what you know about who you know. And he knew some things about his father. He knew that he was his, his pardon me, his sustainer. Verse 5, he said, I woke up from my nap. Pete was ill. The Lord sustained me. He knew God was his sustainer. He took a nap. He not only knew that, he knew God was his Savior. He said in verse 7, Arise, O Lord, save me, O God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. Now there's the confession. How many of you know the enemies were still coming at him? But he said, you have already defeated them because you are my sustainer. You are my Savior. And number three, you are my supplier. He said the last verse, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. First John 4, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I appreciate the faith of family and friends, but there are times when it's all on you. I'm telling you the truth today. There's sometimes if you don't step it up, it's, it's just going to keep getting worse. If you let trouble trouble you, it'll just keep getting worse. And there comes a time in all of our lives when we've got to realize, I've got to lift up my shield. I've got to lift up my head. I've got to lift up my voice. I've got to lift up my faith. The disciples and Jesus in the boat. What's Jesus doing? He's snoozing. And they woke him up. And they accused him of something. Don't you care? Oh, I hope you've never done this. We all have. Don't you care, Jesus? We're perishing. Jesus got up. Calmed the winds, calmed the waves. Then he whirled around to the disciples. Where is your There are times in life when we got to lift it up. Today, somebody here needs what I've been saying. Somebody here needs to quit lying to the Lord and denying the circumstances of their life and deferring blame or whatever you do. There are people here today, if the truth were told, things are just getting worse. I came all the way from Beaumont, Texas today to tell you to lift it up. Lift up your shield. He's your defender. Amen. Lift up your shield. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Lift up your voice. He's waiting to hear from you today. And from deep within, 
Realize that God has allotted to all of us a measure of faith. A faith that will move a mountain. A faith that will calm the stormy sea. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Please don't think that because of my humor I'm demeaning or uncaring about the painful, tragic circumstances that may be represented here today. But I come as an ambassador to this wonderful church today to hopefully encourage you to begin to realize and understand trouble is not optional but being troubled is we hope you enjoyed the message if you'd like to watch a service live online you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 10.45 a.m. at live.faith.church For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.